0: believe and become enjoy Tim um had something that the Lord put on his heart so y'all welcome Tim he's going to share real quick
1: I, I was I woke up real early this morning um Messages from Duke about Cynthia and all, and been praying for her a lot. Um, through the um, hang on a minute, (laughs) hold on, excuse me. Hello, um, yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. (laughs) Um, I'm really kind of busy, real busy right now, excuse me. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry that your cat is missing. Um, yes. Can, can I call you back later? Really? I'm busy. Yeah. Okay. I'll pray for your cat. Okay. All right. Bye. Sorry. Um, where was I? Interruptions. In life, we have interruptions. And I think that's what, the word I want to share with you this morning is about interruptions in our life. Um, Because if you know Cynthia, you know well that she had been preparing for today for a long time. She had every word just right. Everything was planned out perfectly. And at two o'clock this morning, she got interrupted. And sometimes we have interruptions. We lose a loved one. We get a phone call about a missing cat. Um, actually that was staged It wasn't, wasn't a real call But I want you to understand The interruptions that come in your life Will come at an inopportune time they, they, they never come in a good time And how do we handle interruptions in our life? What do we do when interruptions come? The word makes it pretty clear In James chapter 1 It says count it all joy When you're faced with various trials and tribulations or interruptions in your life. And the thing that we need to do when, when you're interrupted in your life is to go to God with it, okay? Go to God in prayer. He will give you peace. He will give you comfort. He will give you understanding. He'll give you direction. But you, I, I, you know, you're either, I kind of got it figured out like this. You either just went through an interruption are you going through an inter- eruption or are you going to go through one? They come in life. So don't be, God's not surprised by them. So we shouldn't be either. Just be prepared when they come in your life to go to him, to call on people. Don't be afraid to call someone at two o'clock in the morning to help you out. That's what we do. Miss, Miss Vicky alluded to it a while ago when she said, let's pray family. I love that she said that. Because this is a family, and this is what we do for one another. In the interruptions in life, we help each other out. So um, can I just pray right quick for interruptions in life, and then Jamie's going to have his sermon. Father, we just um, this morning I just lift everyone up to you, and I thank you, God, for the hope and the peace that we have in you. I thank you, God, that when the interruptions come in our life and your word tells us, to count them all joy, that we know where to turn to, to count them. We know where to turn to, to get peace and to comfort, God. I pray over each and every person here right now, Father, if they're going through an interruption, if they've been through an interruption, that you just give them peace and comfort, understanding, and direction in our life. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good word,
0: Tim. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, so here's the other thing about interruptions, uh, is that God is behind the scenes preparing you for that interruption. So uh, I was not slated to preach today, but I was on the schedule to preach next week, and I was wrestling between two different sermons. I was telling Tiffany, I got these two messages, I think they're both great, and I can't, I can't." Know which one to choose. I don't know which one I should do. And what was actually happening uh, unbeknownst to me is that the Lord was preparing me for today as well. Um, to, for when I got the call that Cynthia wasn't able to preach, I was like, I got a sermon. So guys, I got a sermon. Yeah. We're talking about chasing lions this morning. This this has been on my heart all year. I, I actually I shared this at Celebrate Recovery earlier in the year, and then I went on a personal retreat about a month or so ago, and um... And I was asked to minister to a group of guys in a halfway house, and this was what the Lord put on my heart. Actually, we have devotions at our staff meetings on Tuesday mornings, and one of the devotions this year I had, and I talked about chasing lions, it's just been on my heart, and I believe it's a word for today for you guys. Um, Before I get to it, two quick announcement reminders. Um, actually, just one. Uh, I don't think it made the, the, the uh, announcement real, but Discover VFC is, our, is your first step when it comes to figuring out what, uh, who we are, why we exist. If you want to join the church, it's the only thing that we ask you to do is attend this class. It's today here in the sanctuary at five o'clock. Okay, today, five o'clock, I'll be here and we'll be talking about who VFC is, why we exist, what we're called to do. I would love to see you here at five. Cool. Sweet. Chasing lions. What in the world am I talking about? I am talking about a really random verse that's in the Old Testament Uh, in Second Samuel. uh, The scripture is talking about some of David's mighty men. You know, King David was arguably the best king uh, of all of Israel. And uh, he had, before he was king, he had these mighty men that would follow him around and that would defend him, protect him. And then once he became king, they were like his warriors. They would go out into battle and they would defeat people. And so there's one in particular, his name is Benaniah. And it's so random in the middle of scripture, we find out this crazy thing that Benaniah did. Here's the verse. It's Second Samuel, chapter twenty-three, verse twenty. It says there was also among the, the warriors, Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kebzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. So, just so you know, the way they would fight back then, and, and you're familiar with this because of uh, David and Goliath, they would often send out their best champion first, right? And so this guy, Benaniah, was like, Well, I'll go. And he beat the champion of a rival group. Okay. So there was a big deal. It was how they won the war. It was really cool. So he did that. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. What? Another time on a snowy day. He chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. That's crazy. Think about that for a second. Can you imagine? Most of us, if we saw a lion, we would wet our pants, right? I mean, out in the wild, you'd be like, oh, no, what do I do? And this guy chases it. He doesn't just see it. He chases after it. He doesn't just chase it away. He ends up killing it in the snow. And, and we aren't told why he did this. Probably it was for the safety of the village he was a part of. Maybe it was to protect the people, right? I don't think it was just for sport. But there was a good reason for doing this, right? It was pretty incredible. I think God wants us to be like Ben and I. I think God wants us to be lion chasers. I'm going to walk you through what that means, but I need you to understand we not, we might not be chasing actual lions, right? We, we might not have a, a physical animal in front of us that we need to contend with, but we all have lions. There are lions in our lives. Uh, we are called to face these things that are, um, We're called to face these things that that we don't always want to face. What's your lion? Let, Let me just read some things here that may be lions in your life. Forgetting your past. Forgetting those things that were behind and pressing forward to the future. That could be a lion. Doing one of the things God has called you to do that you've been putting off. That could be a lion. To stop doing something God has told you to stop doing. That could be a lion in your life. Letting go of fear of the future, concern about who you'll be, what you'll do, who you'll be with. That fear of the future, that anxiety, that could be a lion in your life. A struggle in your marriage. Relational issues, a relationship issue maybe with your spouse or maybe with parents or, or, or an unruly child or an adult child who's not doing what you hoped that they would do. Chronic sickness in your life. You know, for some of you, you've been sick for so long, you just think that that's what you're called to and you're not. It may be a lion that you need to chase down. Addiction. There may be addiction in your life. When I say addiction, we tend to think about drugs. That's certainly an addictive substance. But there are other types of substances. There are other types of behaviors. There are places that we go to. There are people that we go to for consolation that's not God's will for our lives, right? Private sin could be a lion that you need to chase down. The things that you only do when no one else is looking, right? The, the things that, you, the, that you've given yourself, and okay, you've okayed these behaviors life. you've made excuses for these behaviors and you know it's hurting you and hurting others and you know it hurts the Lord. Unhealthy relationships, dealing with office problems when it comes to work, that calling you've yet to fulfill, that church hurt you've yet to get free from. These could all be lions. These are all things that are staring us in the face, forgiving that deep hurt that still comes up every once in a while. It could be a situation at home. It could be a situation at work. It could be a situation in the community. Here's what I know about you, because it's true for me. We all have lions that we need to chase down. We all have lions that we need to to deal with. Whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with this morning, God is calling you to chase that lion. Guys, Ben and I could have made excuses, (laughs) right? He could have made a lot of excuses. There are a million reasons why he should not have chased down that lion on a snowy day into a pit and killed it. Lion chasing is not done in your power. It's done in God's power. It's done in his ability. It's done in his timing and it's done in his wisdom. But you have a job to do. And the first job is not to run away. Not to run away. In the face of fear, in the face of discomfort, in the face of a challenge that you're dealing with, don't run away. Don't do it in your own power, but don't run away either. You know, God is calling each and every one of you He's saved you, he's redeemed you, he's set you free. He's called each and every one of you to chase a lion. So there's something in your life. And, to, and that requires being active. There's a quote by a guy named Banning uh, which is great. I love this. It says this, The difference between people who do something for God and people who don't is that people who do something for God do something. take that in. <laughs> well, I want to do something for God. Okay, well, that means you're going to have to do something. Because doing something for God means doing something. Now, I'm not talking about doing something in your own effort. I'm not talking about doing something in your own strength. I'm not talking about coming up with your own plan and asking God to bless it. Please bless this, Lord. I think this is great. No, I'm talking about going to him, figuring out what he wants, and then seeing it through. That's what it takes to be a lion chaser. And guys, I, I, as I share this this morning, I, I just pray the Holy Spirit would just speak to you. And if you think of something, man, this is something I need to deal with. It's time. Look, guys, it's this is a great time. Look, we just, Christmas was yesterday. Merry Christmas. We're about to go into New Year's. You're going to see all the uh, montages of what happened this year on TV with Let It Be playing in the background. We're going to remember all the celebrities that passed. It's going to have their faces up. We're, I mean, we're getting to that time of year where we reflect on the previous year and we get ready to talk about the new year. Guys, chase lions. Be like Benaniah. Go after what God has called you to do. Be the person who God has called you to be. And, and, and I've heard people say things like, well, I don't need New Year's resolutions to make a change cool then do it now do it a week early that's great you don't need new year's resolutions to make a change but often it requires a shift in the season for us in order to to hear from god what he wants for us So, so i want to share with you this morning three traits of a lion chaser three traits of a lion chaser and here's the first one Lion chasers don't look at circumstances. Lion chasers don't look at their circumstances. They obey when God says to obey. It was a snowy day. It's a snowy day. We don't have a lot of snow here, thank God. I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind it being a little cooler where we live. Anyone with me on that? Okay. But I don't want a lot of snow. We have friends that live in really snowy places. They're always complaining to us about how terrible it is Snuffling show, uh, sh- shoveling snow, <laughs> snuffling show is something else. We'll talk about that next week. But shoveling snow <laughs> is something. Hey, of all the things I could have said, that's not bad. Roll <laughs> Roll Tide. Um, See, now I'm thinking of all the mean things to say about football. I'm not going to say that. Uh, so here, here's the thing, though. Snow is difficult to navigate, right? You ever walked in, like you have to pick your feet up higher, right? You have to step into it. Yeah, it it's hard to drive on. I remember when I was in college, I lived in Alabama, and um, they, they don't have snow there. They have ice. And so everyone thinks, well, I can drive on ice. No, you can't. I saw a lot of wrecks when it was icy. It's difficult. Snow, snow makes things more difficult. Couldn't have Benania said, "Hey, look, it's snowing outside. We'll wait till the lion comes back when the weather's better, and then I'll take care of the situation." Wouldn't that, made, wouldn't that make sense? It certainly makes sense, but that's not what God was calling him to do. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. Says this, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. See, you're living in two realities at the same time right now one is a physical reality. Where we live in our bodies right now and we're seated on chairs and standing on uh, platforms and, 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 and there's foundations that our houses are built on and we see trees. and That's the reality. That's a physical reality. But there's also a spiritual reality that we don't see with our natural eyes, but we can only see with spiritual eyes. And that reality, the unseen reality, is actually more real than the seen reality. Now, that's not a, that's, you're not going to believe that unless you train yourself to believe that. It's going to take effort for you to recognize that what's real is what's not seen and what's seen is what's not real. It's going to take effort on your part. So you have to try to renew your mind to that truth. The two worlds that we live in at the same time cause us to have to make a decision every day and every moment, which world are you going to live in? Are you going to live in the natural world according to natural limitations and natural wisdom? Are we going to live in a spiritual world? Where God's rule, God's reign is the kingdom, is the government you live under. And you choose to act according to his way. You have a choice every single day. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. You ever know that you're supposed to do something, but and you're waiting on the time. Okay, when, when, when this works out, then, 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 then I'll be able to do what God's called me to do. And you're just looking and you're waiting for that perfect time. Guys, very rarely is there a perfect time to obey. The perfect time to obey is now. Amen. It's now. But if you look, and this is what the scripture says, it says, if you observe the wind, you won't plant seed. Well, I'm going to wait till it's not windy. Well, it's never going to not be windy, right? Or it says, if you observe the clouds, right, if you observe the clouds, then you won't reap. You won't harvest. Well, it's, it's, it might rain, so I'm going to maybe tomorrow. It's always going to might rain. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, there's never going to be a good time. So you have to obey even when, it, even when it's a snowy day. Amen. You still have to obey. You still have to do what God's calling you to do. We don't, lion chasers, do not look at natural circumstances alone. Guys, there will always be someone or something that tells you you can't. Always. There's always naysayers. <laughs> there are always people, I heard it said, I like this phrase, you know, God calls you to walk on water. You're walking on water. There are going to be some people who say, well, he can't swim. There's always going to be someone that's got a stupid opinion about what God's called you to do. But, but we can't look at circumstances. There's always an excuse. There's always a rationalization. There's always a what if. There's always a, well, let's wait. There's always, guys, immediate obedience is the key to power. Some of the most crazy times of ministry that I've seen is when I just I heard from the Lord and immediately obeyed. And that immediate, that immediate obedience is what created a miracle. Lion chasers don't only look at circumstances. We listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen? Here's a second trait of a lion chaser. It's that lion chasers exercise their faith. Lion chasers exercise their faith. I'm going to explain to you what that means. But I need you to understand. I want you to go back to Ben and I's story. We don't have a lot of information. We just know that there was a lion. It was a snowy day. He chased it all the way down to a pit, and then he killed it. Hey, have you ever let your imagination run away with you, and you started visualizing bad things happening? It took me a while. So I'm the bug killer in our house. Where are my fellow bug killers at? All right, Okay. I'm the bug killer in my house. If there's a bug, I'm the one that has to kill it. But it, it, I haven't always been the most brave. <laughs> and, and spiders freak me out because they can jump. You know what I mean? You ever been about to smack a spider and you think it's going to jump right on my face? As a matter of fact, when Tiffany and I were dating once, uh, <laughs> there was, she came running out of the restroom. And, uh, and I was like, what's going on? She goes, there's a spider in there. I was like, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. So I go in there. It was a massive spider, you guys. And so I did what any man would do. I found a cup on the counter, and I put it on top of the spider, and I walked out. I so said, we're done, baby. Problem solved. She was like, what? <laughs> she still married me anyway. Isn't that awesome? Right, we see, we, we we sometimes, but you do this. In, in your life, right, sometimes you go to the worst case scenario, right? You begin to, even if you don't do it in your imagination, you begin to think about worst case scenario, what might happen. What if I do this? This would happen. Well, what would people think? Well, what, 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 if, I, what if it doesn't work out? How would I, right? And, and so, but here's the deal. That's fear. <laughs> God is asking us to exercise our faith. Check out Luke chapter 17, 5 through 6. This is a powerful, this explains so much about faith. The apostles said to the Lord, Show us how to increase our faith. Now, that sounds like a good question. God, help me, show me how to increase my faith. That's verse 5. Verse 6, we're about to hear Jesus' response. And I'm going to warn you right now, he does not answer that question. He does not give them the answer how to increase their faith. Now, Elsewhere in scripture, we see that. But Jesus actually infers here that's the wrong question. All right, look. So show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, verse six, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. So the disciples say, Jesus, show us how to increase our faith. He's like, it's not about increasing your faith. It's about using the faith you have. It's not about the size of the faith. It's about how much you just, because it just takes a little bit of faith, a mustard seed, the smallest seed that they were aware of at that time. This little dude right here, it's all that you need. And you could speak to this mulberry tree. There's a mulberry bush right in front of him. You could speak to that dude. And say, "Go into the sea." It would get up, walk into the sea. If you just—it's not about increasing your faith. It's about using your faith. It's about using what you have. Faith grows through use, like a muscle. You know, if you want to make yourself stronger, what do you need to do? You need to use that muscle. You're like, man, my my legs are weak. I need to strengthen my legs. Well, you start using your legs. (laughs) The way that we were created, our bodies were formed, is that we grow strong through use. In the same way, spiritually, your faith grows strong by using it, by taking a risk. And, 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 and don't worry about, I've got the most faith. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But how much faith do you use? How do you use faith? You use faith through action. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You might have heard that verse before. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I like reading it this way because there's no punctuation in the original Greek that the New Testament was written in. I like like reading it this way. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Repetition over and over and over. What are you hearing and hearing? You know, some of you, if I can get up in your business, the TV's always going in your home. And that's what you're hearing and hearing. And then something happens in your life And you think, well, where's my faith? Well, you haven't been hearing and hearing God's word. You've been hearing and hearing the bad news from the world, right? And so it's really important that we think about what we're hearing and hearing, because that's what your faith comes from. Whatever you hear the most of is what you will act on. And so lion chasers exercise their faith. They do what they say they believe. Guys, I don't want to be a person that believes one thing but does another. I want to be someone. I want this church to be a body, a family that says, hey, we believe this and we practice this. That's why we pray for healing here on a regular basis. Do we always see everyone get healed immediately? No. But we see more people get healed than if we never prayed for it, Amen. right? And I'm happy with that, and I want more of that. But so it's it's not enough to say, "Well, I believe God can do this." Okay, that's cool. But let's take biblical measures to see it happen, guys. Christians are are educated beyond their obedience. We, we, we know we, we know what Scripture says, but we don't do what Scripture says. That's what exercising faith is. And it's not about, I've got a ton of faith. No, 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 I use a little faith. That's all it takes. So let's be lion chasers that exercise our faith. Here's the third trait of a lion chaser. Lion chasers follow through. Amen. All right. Vinaniah, in the woods sees a lion my first reaction when I see a lion is run away his first reaction is run towards so he starts running towards the lion, chases it down into a pit now again, if this was me, I'm looking down at the lion in the pit, I'm like, and I'm out Pat myself on the back. I just chased a lion into a pit, y'all. Write a song about me. Make a documentary about this, guys. This was incredible, right? Yeah. Benaniah does not stop there. Because he's like, you know what? I don't want this lion getting out. I don't want this lion to ever terrorize this village again. What does he do? He stands on the edge. and Again, scripture doesn't do it. This is just how I imagine it. He stands on the edge. He's got his spear. And he jumps. And he runs that lion through with his spear. And he kills it. He makes sure that the job is completely done. Where well, no, there's no question as to whether or not that lion is going to show up again. He finishes the job. He follows through. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. God. If we don't give up. Guys, some of you have given up. Some of you have been praying for stuff for so long. And you're like, well, maybe this is just what God wants. Or maybe it's the very next prayer that he moves on. You don't know, so pray anyway. Don't give up. Don't cave in. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep doing what you know you're called to do. Don't just chase that lion into a pit. Kill it. Take care of it. Finalize it. Be done with it. Hebrews 10.36 says, Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that he has promised. When will you receive all that he has promised? When you continue to do God's will. See, some of us are just content with some of God's promises. Just enough where it doesn't hurt so much. And My dad said something to me. Um, I was the youth pastor, probably the worship leader at this point. He was. He and mom were co-pastoring the church. And we were talking about a situation that someone had, and it was one of those deals. And as a pastor, you know it's it's difficult. People come to you for for uh, you know advice and biblical advice and counseling, and you you often tell them what to do, and then many times they just don't do it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, thanks for asking me. Uh, <laughs> And I remember my dad was dealing with a situation like that, and he said this. He said, you know, one of the keys to ministry is figuring out who wants relief and who wants change. Who wants to not feel the pain from their decisions, and who actually wants to learn how to make new decisions? See the difference? What about you? Are you willing to follow through? Are you willing to go after, to chase down those things that are corroding your heart? To to be obedient immediately. To face down the theological issues you have. To to deal, confront with the issue. To ask forgiveness of the person you know you've hurt. To forgive the one that you know has hurt you. I, I mean, follow through. This is the key. It's not just enough to leave that line in the pit. You've got to kill it. So that you will continue to do God's will, so that you will receive all that he's promised. Guys, I want not just some, not even just most. I want all of what God has promised for you. I want that for you. But here's the deal. I can't do it for you. I can't I can't help you receive all the promises of God. It's something you have to do through your own spiritual follow through. It's your choice. It's your decision. I want to share one last thing with you. I want to share a final verse. No more excuses. Start chasing lions. I didn't tell you where Ben and I came from. I just told you that he was one of David's mighty men. But scripture actually, before uh, 2 Samuel 23 in 1 Samuel 22, we learn about where David's mighty men came from. Check this out. So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. He was being chased by the current king, Saul. It's a whole other story. Soon his brothers and all of his other relatives joined him there, living in a cave, fearing for his life. Then, verse two, others began coming: men who were in trouble, men who were in debt, or some who were just discontented, until David was the cap- captain of about 400 men. Benaniah wasn't always a mighty warrior. He wasn't always someone that would chase down a lion on a snowy day into a pit and kill it. He was in trouble. He was in debt, which in that day meant that you would be a slave. And he was discontented. The Lord began to send all these men to David in a cave. And he did a work in their hearts. And Benaniah, who was in trouble, in debt, and discontented, turned into one of the greatest warriors in David's army, and chased down a lion on a snowy day into a pit and killed it. Don't think that you're the exception to this. Don't think I've done too much. You don't know who I. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I am. Blah 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 blah. blah. Excuses. Scripture is chock full of people who had no business being used by God, yet they're being used by God. And you are not the exception. You're not the exception. The enemy tries to make a big deal of our past. The enemy tries to make a big deal of our failures. The enemy tries to make a big deal of of those things so that we will not pursue the lions in our life. So we'll be just content with where we are, knowing that God has called us to more. No more excuses, you guys. Come on, what are those things that God has called you to chase down? Are you a lion chaser? Are you avoiding this responsibility? Are you just doing it halfway and saying, good enough? Are you looking at your circumstances? Ah, It's a snowy day. I'll wait till it's a better time. What about you? Let's stand for prayer. If you will, close your eyes. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what lions do I need to chase down? Secret sin. Procrastination. Some of y'all hadn't read the Bible in like months. Some of you don't even talk to God hardly. Some of you heard the announcement about the fast that we're starting soon, and you're like, well, I'm glad someone's going to do that. (laughs) Hey, if I can fast, you can fast. Don't let me do it alone. Come on, what are those things you need to chase down? Some of you, you've gotten your sin under control. You've got your behavior managed, but your heart is still running wild. Ask the Holy Spirit right now, under your breath, your own words, what are the lines I need to chase down, God? What are the things I need to deal with What are the things you're calling me to do? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.